0: comments uh, in the box, like, hey man, great episode, <laughs> great episode, season. I'm like, last two you know episodes what, were the best ones Yeah, yet. get out of my face, get out of my face, so, we've got a, probably, I would call this the all-star A-team best crew ever, uh, you know, excepting Chase, who doesn't have a mic, many apologies, Chase. He
1: can't he's like, it. The, he's like the
0: point guard, he's just passing, dishing to the stars in the, yeah, in the paint. I will have to say, that nobody can see it, but he has a real salty look on his face right now, so... Uh, yeah, he's he gives giving a nod there. Caleb, um, welcome back. It's good to be here. Yeah, um, we're expecting some really smart things out of you, so you may want to Google some stuff before we get rolling, right?
1: Phones ready. <laughs>
0: All right, so let's let's dive right into our topic today. We're we're talking about um, some interesting new things we've got going on, uh, which you guys know way more about than I do, but related to nutrition. And this is one of those topics that we seem to circle back around to a lot. But there's a reason for that, right? Right, Hunter. Yeah, nutrition is definitely
2: the base of the uh, fitness pyramid, health and fitness pyramid, and we try to talk about it um, you know, as much as we can inside the gym. Um, we only get you know, three to six hours a week with most of our members, and so uh, all, that, all those hours outside the gym, we want to have an impact on those as well. So we're always trying to inform and help people, um, first off, know what they should be eating and, and give them the support to help them to get there. And so that's why
0: we, you and we constantly talk about it because it's so, it is so important. Yeah. And let's acknowledge this. I mean, so many people spend a lot of those hours that they are in the gym frustrated and they want to pin it on the wrong thing. And this is why we're always circling back to it. Like, Hey, you're spending way more time outside of the gym than you are inside of the gym, and. Let's talk about what's going on here. And in particular, the people who not just hit a plateau, but they're like, man, I'm working as hard as the next guy, Mm -hmm. but I'm not getting the results that other guys getting. And they want to make it about so many other things other than nutrition. And we need to call this out. We're heading into football season where there's always, you know, not nutrient dense foods sitting on a coffee table That's or on a right, bar, yeah. they're calorie dense and they're, they're really hard to avoid. So we just got a little bit, uh, external motivation here wanting to help our client base, but also we're bringing something new to the table that isn't just a side conversation before, or after a wide. We you put some structure to it. So let's dive into that.
2: Yeah. So this is something we're really excited about. We've been working on it for a while now and, uh, we've, you know, we've, we've ta- tried to tackle nutrition in a lot of different ways over the years, through, uh, in our gyms, Um, you know, we do the beach body challenge every year and that always is, is very successful, but it's a, it's a six week program that's designed to help people, you know, develop habits that are going to keep them, um, you know, eating healthy and, and making right decisions in the, in the, in the kitchen, uh, well after the after the challenge is over, and our goal with that every year is to have people not need to do the Beach Body Challenge next year because, you know, they've developed a healthy habit. So we'll always have been doing that, and we've continued to do that. We also we, we talk a lot about nutrition. We talk about it in the on-ramp. Uh, we talk about it in our, you know, weekly emails, articles. We talk about it in podcasts. So we're always trying to talk about it. But, you know, there's, sometimes you just got to get a deeper, more hands-on approach. And so what we're launching is a one-on-one uh, nutrition coaching program Uh, that that Caleb is going to be heading up and that's why he's on here to talk about it but we're extremely extremely excited about this we're taking you know a lot of the stuff that we've learned over the years and uh, Caleb just finished the precision precision nutrition uh, coaching certification and um, so we're applying all of that into a program um, that's signed off by a a certified uh, dietitian uh, who you know who can can make sure we're doing everything correctly and but what, what we're doing is we're going to be working with people one-on-one and working with them over a long period of time to help them achieve those goals. Because sometimes, you know, so many people, they get fired up and motivated and they can do something for 30 days, 60 days or whatever. And then they, you know, they go to a football game and next thing you know, they've binged for a week and they've put on, you know, undone almost all the progress they made over a month. And so we want to help those people and we want to help those people over the long term. And we want to... to give them the hands-on approach that they need. And so, you know, not everybody needs that, but there's a lot of people that do. And so we want to offer. So basically what we're doing is just offering another deeper level to um, the nutrition side of things.
0: Yeah, I love the, the first thing that caught my eye was that it's diet coaching. Uh, which automatically makes me understand this is a a long-term thing and there are going to be small shifts here and there. It's going to be individual attention. I mean, really, really good job on the name there because it doesn't sound like you're just going to hand me a notebook with a plan that's just like every other thing. If I just download this, then I'll be fine. There's lots of personal attention going on there. But, Caleb, I remember seeing, uh, gosh, it's been – well over a year uh, you just started posting a lot of stuff about nutrition a lot of stuff about gut health i mean this all started uh, in a real personal way for you right
1: yeah for sure it was something that um i think for for me and my background and coming here with really no no idea about how to eat healthy and what healthy eating is i think you know just being around chris and hunter and and everybody up at coyote For the past five years, it started to become something that I was like, this has been complete, like, I haven't thought about this maybe ever in a serious way in my entire life. How did I miss this? And so for me, it was just this really eye-opening time where I realized, like, my body is fueled and everything that I do is being fueled by the food I'm eating and I have no idea where to go and what's the right way to do it. And so, so, yeah, I got to experience that over the last five years. And as I started to prioritize my health, understanding that you can't prioritize your health just by focusing on what's happening in the gym, but it's really founded in what you're eating.
0: It's interesting for those of us that kind of grew up as athletes, uh, the schools we were involved with invested all this money in equipment and weight rooms and all that, and we're eating you know, from out of 18 wheelers and these big food suppliers and it's probably the worst nutrition you ever experienced in your life. Mm -hmm. And you associate that with, well, back then I could do all these things. Well, a little bit of that is because you were 17 years old and your body's just in a different place at that point. But it's interesting. I think if you talk to a lot of guys that have our history, that's exactly. And you had coaches who were giving nutrition advice was like, if you just crack six eggs and put them in a, in a bottle and drink that. And then, get this protein powder you'll be fine you know there's just not a lot of education that has gone on but it's one of the best things about the health craze that's been happening really for quite a while now is that we're able to take these deep dives and say all right man if we're going in and expecting and across this crossfit pulls us out a lot we're going in expecting to perform on a very regular basis and we're going to be very in tune with our body you're going to know if you stop by and had a cheeseburger at lunch and then you come into a wide where you have to find peak performance and it's just not there you know Mm -hmm. and the person that's paying attention to their nutrition leaves you in the dust you know that that lights a little fire under you right
2: yeah I agree and I wanted to touch on something you just said about um you know with the advances in the health and fitness trends and community and that, that with that is a lot of good and there's also a lot of bad because there's so much information out there like I was having this conversation the other day with somebody about diet and they're, they're just saying it's very overwhelming. Like you get on Instagram and everybody's saying something different. And, you know, you follow 10 different influencers and they say 10 different things. And then there's so many diet, different diet coaching companies and you can go buy a template. Uh, but that template doesn't know uh, you. It doesn't know your lifestyle. It doesn't know um, your family. It doesn't know what you're doing in the gym. Or, you could you know, you can work with a, a coach remotely who, you know, maybe doesn't really know, like, exactly what you're doing in the gym, all that type of stuff. And so what we want to do is kind of cull through all that stuff that we've been able to cull through over the years through all our research and learning and and trial and error on ourselves and on on other members and and apply that and help people kind of get through the weeds, so to speak, into what actually works and what's going to work for them. And so it's very overwhelming, especially if you don't even know where to start. Um, I remember when I started... Um, you know, I, I used to play sports, and I played you know, college and professional baseball. And I, my diet was awful. You know, I, I remember I would I would mix in a salad with ranch dressing just to say to cancel out my uh, my, my my burger, or whatever I was saying, just like as a joke. I knew yeah. it wasn't really true, but I mean, I, at least I always try to get some greens on my plate. But I wasn't making sure I was getting enough protein. I was skipping breakfast every day. Um, I mean, it was just awful. And but I was working out two hours, you know, four to five days a week in the gym, trying to make gains and. You talked about kids and, you know, when you're 17, you can get away with it. But the the truth of the matter is if you're 17 and you're eating healthy, that's going to even amplify what you're doing even more because your body is going to take in those nutrients and, and use them so much better um, than than when you get older. And so um, taking advantage of that window when you're young can make you can can vault you ahead of your peers, especially if you're an athlete like it. It's it really is a game changer when it comes to, to performance. And then, you know, from that aspect all the way to health and fitness you know and the obesity epidemic and we live in the the last state in america in just about every health category and we want to have an impact on there and there's just so much
0: you know bad information out there that we want to help people call through yeah I, i know the main thing that you guys have been attacking for a really long time are the the trends of let's just ignore this entire food group and let's get there that way. And there's also, seems to be very little emphasis on movement and exercise. It's all about calorie deprivation and there's so much of that stuff out there. And anybody that has an Instagram account and is able to, like, go through a grocery store and say what they're buying, they're, suddenly they're an expert. But the goal here with this program is success, right? And being close in and being able to see those athlete cues, this is a big thing, I think, for what you guys are rolling out right now, is, hey, we're going to be working with these clients, but I can also tell if, if what we're trying to do in this respect is hurting their performance or something's going on in their life. Like, we talked about this several episodes ago. Sometimes people's full-time job is going to put them in a state of stress. And, Chris, you say all the time, stress stress to the body so maybe we ought to back off in certain respects So there's just going to be a lot of fine tuning that you can do because you're with the athlete uh, assuming that they're coming in which is another big thing you know hey we can do all this stuff with your diet but if we're not seeing you this is going to be a problem so talk to me about caleb about exactly how you you guys envision this working and what are some things that you know you're going to be rolling out with with each client as far as a base just Try to explain the program for us a little bit, because what we're trying to do is get not only inform clients that it's a good thing to be a part of, but maybe what they can expect.
1: Yeah. So, well, I will say this too: we're we're going to open up this program also to the community and folks who aren't involved right now in any of our gyms or any of our personal training. Um, so we are, point, gonna, yeah. we are going to we are going to open that up as well. So that will be an option. But um, yeah, in an in an ideal world, we're able to see practically um, the things that we're working on with, with our clients. Um, you know, this is something like Hunter was saying, we've done the beach body challenge, which it's a six week, you know, we don't have the time in that. And that's, it doesn't serve the purpose of digging into because we have almost 50 people take, take part in that. Um, That's not the time or the place to try to get involved one-on-one in that level uh, with our clients. We give them a lot. It's like drinking out of a fire hydrant, right? We give them a lot of things, and we have seen a lot of our clients be incredibly successful in that. Um, But we also see folks who that's just too overwhelming for them. And so what this program is designed to do is to meet the client where they're at. So for some of our clients, it is going to be a very, very simple one step at a time, program that will build habits into a lifestyle that currently doesn't have potentially any habits built in. And so we're going to have the option to be able to do that as well as provide for the athlete or the client that comes in who is extremely disciplined, maybe just needs a little bit of knowledge or some direction on what the next step is to avoid Kind of peaking and not really knowing where to go from there. So, you've got the potential of working with clients on a on a wide range of experience levels. And so once we once we kind of narrow down what the client wants and we hear from them, we work uh, we work with them in a way that is saying you know we want you to tell us what you want to do it's not just hey this is what we think you should do but when people are really going to buy in in the long term have a lifetime of change it's got to be something they bought into and it's something that they're committed to and so we work with them on a personal level that says you know you we want you to be able to verbalize what we're about to do just as much as i want to be able to verbalize what i would like for you to do and when you match those two things up, then you have, you have a recipe for success and you can build on things because it's not just a, you know, a sprint type of mindset, it's a long-term mindset, which is why we do 12-month commitments with this. It's not, um, you know, it's not to tie you into a contract in this obligatory way, but to say, hey, this is a way we want you to commit to your, this is a new lifestyle. And so we want you to buy in in the long term. And so it's a 12-month commitment. It's one-on-one, and we can meet clients at every level.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Because a lot of the way that these things are set up, they just feel temporary. And like, hey, try this 30 days. We're going to do this for 60 days. If it works for you, you can re-up. And maybe it's a really great business model but it's sending a really bad signal to the people who are participating in it. So that that long-term actually, I think would reduce the stress level in the beginning, because let's be honest, it could be possible uh, to get involved with MyFitnessPal and be like, oh my gosh, what, what what is all this? What are all these variables? And just the hundreds of decisions that have to be made on a regular basis, not only with your intake, but also what you're putting out at the gym. You know, what are your goals? people seem to be making, I've been in this category too, so let me not be accusatory here, but you're making these decisions as they're in front of you, but they don't match up with what it is you're actually trying to accomplish. You know, like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get stronger here and I'm always going to be lifting heavy. Well, if what you're trying to do is lower that body fat percentage, that might not be a great idea right now. It takes you
1: know? some time to clarify what you, what exactly you want. And so it's the, it's the five levels of why, why do I want to do this? Well, why do I want to do that? And once you begin to get right, like down to the deepest level, that's when you get a clarity of what your purpose is. Because you're right. A lot of times it's, I want to lose body fat. Oh, but then 30 minutes later, I'm doing a workout, and I wish I was stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And then 30 minutes later, it's like we just planned a trip to the beach, and then all I care about is this. And then 30 minutes later, I find out someone's sick, and so all I want is longevity in my life and be healthy when i'm 95 right and so it's being able to say what is the thing that i truly value and a lot of times you do you do need to spend time with a coach who can start to see things you also don't see in yourself and and kind of weed through and get down to what is the true intent behind me wanting to take control of my nutrition
0: yeah, so let's roll back. Let's take that right there and maybe dial back in your own experience because the people who are listening right now, there are a lot of different types of people, but I just want to address for a moment the, the folks who are thinking, man, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. This seems like a lot of work or is this really something I want to do? There, there were things that caused you to get over that hump initially, and some of it was like, if we could be this honest about it, it was just physical. You're like, I'm tired of, of feeling this way. You know, what are the things that motivated you to take this step uh, on your own initially? I know you talked about being around these guys and watching them do what they do, but there was some stuff, real personal stuff, that helped you say, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take control of this in my own life." Maybe there's some people listening that could borrow from that.
1: Yeah, yes, I think one thing. I think we talked about this too. Um, Man, a long time ago in one of the earlier earlier podcasts about um, mental health and anxiety. I can't tell you how many clients that I have that when I open up and start to talk about where I began to try to take control physically from a physical standpoint of my mental health um, and seeing the connection between physical activity and proper nutrition with the way that your brain works and the things that you stress about and the, the anxieties. T- Anxious tendencies that that I had personally. Um, I've had some incredible conversations with clients because so many people. And we know, you know, through seeing we see studies all the time and percentages, but we know that depression, anxiety are just wreaking havoc on our clients and our community. And I'm I'm convinced, uh, and science is beginning to show so clearly that that much of that is tied as much to our health uh, and our choices physically and nutritionally um, than ever before. We've been able to see that. And so for me, once I began to realize that, I realized this isn't just this mystical, oh, I hope it gets better type of thing. It began to be something where I was like, hey, I can tangibly make choices to Mm -hmm. take steps to work on this. And so, yes, you know, part of it was community, and part of it was having the people to talk to and open up with. But so much of it, I began to see correlate with my um, discipline to prioritize taking time away from work, family, friends to go and work out, and then also to begin to take seriously what I was putting into my body. And when I began to do that, I began to see this uh, this trend where I was starting to to experience some freedom from that. And so. For me, the anxiety was one of the biggest and most important ones. Um, You know, all the way down to things that were a lot more simple like headaches and upset stomach and things that I just began to think were normal parts of life. Um, I get migraine headaches really badly. They're really debilitating. And so for me, being able to prioritize my nutrition, I realized that a lot of those were directly connected to what I was eating. And so it wasn't until I started to experiment a little bit with that that I began to see like... They're, they're all contributed by what I was putting into my body. Mm, man, so that's,
0: that's strong information right there. I'm just thinking in my own story too, like when you you take a pill, not to attack the, the pill taker, sometimes you need pills to help your body do things that it can't do on its own. But I've had that experience myself where you get into a, a place where you're overwhelmed and maybe you go see a, a doc and they're like, here, just take this that'll take the edge off. But there's such a different experience between taking a pill to take the edge off. You feel like you've handed over control. There's a difference between that and, you know what, I'm going to try to do these things practically in my life, like eat better and exercise. In that way, you feel like you're taking control, which is, Uh, you know, to settle anxiety is a huge thing.
1: I've absolutely destroyed my gut and from taking things to help with the headaches. When I was drinking Cokes, and eating these big chocolate protein bars and cinnamon rolls and all these things in high school. I remember having the worst headaches all the time, all mm-hmm. through uh, all through my childhood, starting when I was eight or nine, when I started first recognizing I was having these really bad migraines, all the way through high school. And it literally was not until five, four years ago that I started to address what I was eating specifically to, to target those things. And so... Now it's just I'm so passionate about, and all of us too, because we all have the same story. You know, a lot of us we we look back and say, I was trying to do one thing, and I was self-sabotaging myself <laughs> Three at times the same day, time. Yeah. If, if and not it's more. all because I didn't pay attention to the simple, the most simple thing of what am I what am I consuming that's making my body run? And when you and it it seems so simple, but it's very hard because, like you mentioned at the beginning, uh, in the intro, we're so tied uh, emotionally to our food especially in you know in our well in every culture in the world not that we're a better culture because it's southern culture but in the southern culture especially we're so tied to our food and those are the things that we're just that we're bringing on all the consequences that i was trying to fix
2: yeah yeah taking those pills all that do all that's doing is just treating the symptom and you're not treating the root cause and there's so much so many studies out there now about the gut and gut health and the gut is the second uh, brain of the body and it controls you know, your immune system and all this type of stuff and if you're eating uh, things that are going to destroy your gut bacteria um, that's going to affect uh, how your body you know operates and and responds and you're, you're going to start developing intolerances and that's something that i've dealt with is d- developing a lot of intolerances and I, it caused me to get sick a lot and then i realized like hey you know i've, I've really uh, destroy my gut through all the antibiotics and all the medicines and Advil and all the stuff I've, and all the crap I've eaten over the years and starting to cut out those foods that are causing You know upset stomach and headaches and uh, causing me to get sick and then you know, it's a complete uh, I mean, it's it's life-changing It really is you, you go from getting sick five to ten times a year to not getting sick at all just by changing what you're eating And so that's that's we see the power of what you're putting in your body. You know, you can train all day, every day, for the rest of your life. But if you don't change your diet, you're never gonna get anywhere close to where you want to get. And the power of a good coach is a coach is gonna be able to, like Caleb was talking about early, dig in, find out what you really want to get and why you wanna get there, and then make sure your actions are aligning with that and taking a a bird's eye view of what you're doing. in the gym, outside the gym, to make sure you're going those steps. And then if you're not, calling you out on it, holding you accountable. And so, you know, finding – that's what we want with this is finding people who commit to it, and we want to hold them accountable and walk with them together and
0: help them get to where we want – where they want to get, you know, wherever that might be. Yeah. It, man, this follows just the direction of, of um, the brand, the Coyote brand overall. A lot of this stuff has been going on just in an organic way for, for a long time time, but now there's a lot of focus to it. And I, I mean, I can tell, tell you a little bit of my story of having been a cancer survivor. I come out of that and roll into college and like, I don't know, I was consuming six or seven patty melts a week, you know, and, day. he almost <laughs> no, no, said that <laughs> a week. Yeah. So, I mean, I roll out of, uh, radiation therapy and I'm down at, uh, 183 was my lowest, my body's just completely stripped. And then I go to college. And that just continued for me for a long time. And I kept getting sick and kept getting sick, uh, going to the local doc, or a few of them actually, depending on where I was. And they just kept turning up that the milligrams of the antibiotics and just stripping me of everything I needed. I'm also minus a spleen. So there's all sorts of stuff that was going on internally that somebody should have been going, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? You know, you've, you've been in this office and this past year you've been in this office seven times and we've given you 500 milligrams of leviquin every time plus Rocephin plus Decadron and I mean, like okay we got to stop the madness here uh, but it put me in a place where I, I had this huge deficit in my life I was just sick all the time I felt like I was going to be that way the rest of my life and uh, I just didn't have a complete picture the first thing I did was step into the, the the gym because I was badgered to do so and then realized wait a minute you know there's a part of me that can come back here and be strong again then I started figuring out, I can't swing by the Greek restaurant and have sliders and pitamots and a euro and, and then swing and get a chocolate shake and then expect to do this in the afternoon. It's just not going to work that way. Uh, but then I started to realize, man, the, the things that I'm putting in my body make me feel like that I'm able to chase this goal I have of getting fit even when I'm not in the gym And I think this is something people need to realize and talk about more is that those days that you can't get into the gym and get that workout done well if you've paid attention to your nutrition that day you've pushed the ball down the field a long way and those times that you're going in later and you're consumed you're checking what's going to have to go down at 3.30 or 4.30 and you're a little bit anxious about that I don't know if you guys experienced that I'm like man this is going to be a tough workout you, know? yeah. you can settle that down a little bit by sitting down at lunch and saying, man, you know what, I'm taking, making some intentional choices to prepare myself for this afternoon and it certainly helps if you don't eat something at lunch where you got to swing by and have diarrhea at three o'clock and then try to work out at three thirty. i mean this is just real talk right here mm-hmm. you know um so that that sense of being connected to your overall goals it can get really dialed in really detailed and the thing that i love that you guys are able to pull out of of people is that comfort like you can you can tell all right i can tell that pizza is your comfort food you know or i can tell that six beers on a friday that's that's comfort for you trying to Uh, decompress after the work week and that stuff can be called out the key thing you mentioned accountability though it can happen in an environment where you know that the person cares for you you know that's that's a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. for people who deal with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of family history over food it's really important to have somebody talking to you that's able to hold you accountable but not in a jerk way
1: Here's the, yeah, here's the best part about that is you, working with a coach one-on-one, you're able to clarify the things that you don't even you don't want to fix. And so that as a coach, I can look at you and say, "Hey, we can make a plan that accounts for your six beers on Friday afternoon, or uh, that accounts for you know that one time you want to have it's family pizza night on Sunday night. Whatever it is, that's something that is valuable to your life. We don't want to just take those things away. And so there are ways to work around." The things that you are really tied to and that you really care about on a deep level, and how to appropriately take steps to either slightly change those or, but not just wipe it away and make your life miserable, right? There's so many, I mean, think about how many meals and the things that you eat in a week. There's no reason why your diet shouldn't include one time where you do something that means a lot to you, right? There's so many other ways that you can protect against that being this determining factor. Um, but what happens is we do that and we don't know how to appropriately give ourselves some peace about being able to eat the birthday cake like that example we always you know (laughs) that guy that brings tupperware to the birthday party right (laughs) we're not we're not trying to create clients who and and people who are having to bring tupperware to birthday parties right we want lifestyle change that gives you the freedom the discipline in the long term that gives you the freedom to do the things that you love and then at the end of the day to to start to after you build a relationship with people, say, how much does that, do those six beers really mean to you on a deep level? And then that's when you can start to really dig into and people can start to realize, wow, I really do want the change more than I want that one, you know, or that, Third slice of pizza. Yeah, and the, you know, and it's, the it's athlete will eventually built. get there. That's right. You don't and have to start there. They get there on their own. They right. don't get there because we gave them a sheet that had all these foods that are the best foods to eat right this second. Yeah. so right. We want people to get there. It's the same in their health, their fitness journey, right? We want people to mm-hmm. come into the gym because they want to be at the gym, mm-hmm. yeah. and so we try to create an environment at the gym that they want to be a part of. And it's the same with your with your nutrition. Yeah, yeah.
2: I wanted to kind of draw the parallel with. You know, with the one-on-one diet coaching is similar to the one-on-one personal training, you know, that, that that we do and that Chris has excelled at so well. And I know that that's extremely rewarding working with people um, and working with them on a day-to-day one-on-one setting um, and helping them, you know, reach their goals. Chris, do you want to speak to that at all and kind of what that means to you being able to um, sit with somebody and, and – see where they want to go and then walk that journey with them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh it's uh something that I think it that uh the 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 two sides of that, the training and the nutrition are going to go really well together in that it sets uh it's, it's uh, going to help set up that uh, that client for success when they want that that uh that one-on-one attention. Um what I try to uh, really uh push on uh, on my one-on-one clients whenever I start working with them is that uh you know, especially if you're, if you're very, if you're very undertrained, if you have not been training, uh, very much in your life, or in this case, if you have not done, um, any intentional, made any intentional changes to your, uh, to your nutrition, it's going to be a little touch and go every now and again, or in the, uh, in the early stages. So having, um, setting very obtainable goals upfront and saying, you know, if someone, you know, someone tells me, you know, I really don't want to, uh, I don't want to get bulky or something like that, you know. know, Okay, well, people say that, right? (laughs) Exactly. So, um, so it's not that I'm going to bring them in and uh, make them fit what I want them to do. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm a big proponent of lifting weights and being uh, and being strong, but you've got to find ways to. You know, to ease them in, to ease them into that, and, and steadily get them more comfortable with those kinds of things. And then, like you were talking about, Caleb, you get them to the point where that thing that they were very apprehensive about, they under, they they see and they understand the importance of it, and um, and their priorities can shift a little bit. You know, it's not necessarily that they had maybe that they had anything against lifting weights, but they had just some kind of a. Uh, uh, misguided perception about what would happen if they do lift weights. So some people might be listening to this, and they were probably thinking, you know, early on that we are trying to push that Tupperware at birthday parties uh, culture and things like that. But you know, um, I think. Um, that's the best thing that we can do that we can do as coaches whether it's in the gym or in the kitchen is helping uh to meet people where they are and um and set themselves up for success like bergeron uh uh, says all the time in his podcast that uh a low trajectory towards a distant horizon and uh taking those uh taking those uh taking those small steps and making sure that you lay the groundwork first with the basics making it where you know it's like taking a you know, one step into a pool at a time Yeah, yeah, you know, and the, easing them into it. The crazy thing is, though, that I, I was having a conversation
0: with a guy the other day and I, I, was, I'm, I turned 40 this year. I was talking to him about that. And I said, yeah, two years ago, I started thinking about turning 40 and kind of set some goals. He's like, what? I mean, it stopped the conversation. He's like, you've, you've been working on something for two years. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I just didn't realize that because I'm so immersed in this coyote culture that's normal, you know, yeah. but, but it struck them as extremely odd. And then I was able to go. That's sad. Yeah, I was I'm able sorry. to continue the conversation <laughs> and say, yeah, and actually last year was a train wreck, you know, so I've got, I got some making up to do to, to continue to meet the goal. And then we started talking about you had a whole year that was a train wreck and you didn't give up. I'm like, well, yeah, I was fighting it the whole time, but it just didn't work out. So I January 1 made some decisions, you know, so getting into this, there's so, we haven't talked about this yet, but there's just so much freedom in this. People feel like if you start talking about nutrition, the first thing they're gonna think is, You're gonna restrict me. You know, mm-hmm. this is what you're getting to, Caleb. You're gonna restrict what I can eat. You're gonna say, I can't eat this or I can't eat that. Really what, what's happening is you're you're putting some bumpers in place there, some barriers so that you can enjoy your life again. Yeah. And you're not having to worry about, well I ate this and I feel guilty or now I'm gonna now I'm just gonna have salads for a week and you get out of all of that and you're able to experience a lot of freedom where, and, and I was going to say this about you, Chris, you're basically on autopilot right now. You know, like I I can predict probably what you're going to have for lunch and just because I've seen you have it so many times. <laughs> and I've, I've often wondered, like, how does this guy eat this over and over and over again? But for you, from the conversations we've had, you're settled about that. You're like, I don't even have to think about that. This is just what I eat. And I like it enough to eat it a lot. You yeah. know, there's a lot of freedom in that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the freedom comes when... You go out for a birthday dinner, and you don't think twice about ordering an appetizer and ordering a dessert because you know, you know, my next meal, I'll just be right back to my plan, and you have that built in. You know, it's the same thing with, like, setting a budget or something like that and creating, knowing this amount of money goes here, this amount of money goes here, and then I have this amount of money to spend every month on whatever I want to, and I can go, literally go in my backyard and light it on fire and not feel bad about it because this is just part of the you know the overall plan but if you don't have any plan and you don't have any idea where your where your money's is going then you're just going to be stressed about it all the time because like i don't know how much i'm spending i don't know how much is going here am i saving enough whatever. same thing with diet like if you're just eating and you have no plan or direction on what you're doing every single bad meal you're going to you're going to feel guilty about it um, if you're trying to be healthy but if you have the structure in place to know like, hey, I've already built this meal into my plan for the week because my, me and my coach talked about it and I told him my, my daughter has a birthday on Saturday and I'm going to be eating cake, that's fine. And I, I can eat it and enjoy it and, and not feel guilty. And I can have two pieces and I can enjoy it and not feel guilty. you know. And and it, it's it's always, you know Jocko talks about discipline equals freedom and it's just so true. And we just, we see how it's impacted us and so many people and we want to um, help Others have that feel that freedom because it really is almost like breaking free of chains when you're when you've been living in bondage um, for, from thoughts and and guilt and shame like that for so long it it, don't, it feels like this burden is lifting off off of you when you when you can break those and and realize there's a better way to live
1: and then what happens is you lose that stress that you didn't realize was there it was just like you said change I mean you're you're literally we don't realize how much we are. Tied to those feelings of guilt and, you know, with regards to food and what we're eating and the stress that we put on ourselves, because I think everyone who if you're if you're around and you're on social media and, you know, you have friends. Right, You know someone who is, who is passionate about eating or diet and so what that tends to do is if you don't commit to something, what it, all it does is those little tidbits of information here just make you more and more confused about what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so all we're, I think the biggest thing that we're trying to do is clarify what is healthy for me and my lifestyle and my goals and then just give you the freedom to be able to go and do that and not have to guess. Because, you know, I spend time a lot when it comes to training. That was one thing that for the last couple of years I felt like has been so great about from a physical from a physical standpoint, not having to guess at what I need to be doing, but just trusting that, that our coaches have the best in mind for us when it comes to them programming for us. Once you do that, it's like I don't have to go in the gym and guess at what I think is going to be healthiest for me. I get to just trust somebody, and when you do that, you take so much of that mental energy that you're contributing to the stress, you get to take it away. And all of a sudden, it's this freedom. And so uh, I think for, for us, we're trying to give people insight into what it's like to live from a nutrition standpoint and a food standpoint without stressing about what you're eating. Stress
2: comes from a lack of knowledge. Um, you're stressed out when you're uncertain about what you're doing and not, not sure that um, you're doing the right thing. When you know what you need to do, there's no stress because you know what needs to be done. And that that applies to every aspect of life. It applies to diet. It, it applies to the gym. If you're messing around on the Internet on Sunday afternoon trying to figure out what I'm going to do that week for in the gym, that's stressful. But if you know, hey, there's somebody who knows what they're doing, that they're putting it out there, I don't have to worry about that, that's stress-free. Same thing with diet. If you're stressing, like, what should I eat for lunch today? What should I order this? Should I order that? That's stressful making that decision. But if you know, like, hey you know this is how many you know this is this is what I, this is how many macros i eat or this is what i'm going to eat for lunch today and you've already decided on that then that's stress free same thing with every area of life with work with finances you know one thing that stressed me out is buying a house recently and what i realized was really stressing me is cuz i didn't really understand you know a lot about the mortgage process and it was just stressing me out like crazy because i was like i don't really i don't really get this stuff mm-hmm. and then i finally got to the bottom of it and made a decision and then like all the stress is gone because it's like okay I, all right I, now i understand it but it was like you're it's this fear of the unknown is what causes that stress and if you're stressed out get some knowledge learn about what you're what you're stressed about and that's going to take that away
0: yeah from people that care about you and the, i mean we got to keep coming back to that point i think we could Wrap this part of the conversation up by at least getting this baseline of your nutrition is either going to be something that sabotages you or something that takes you towards success. Mm -hmm. And the only way for you to really get that figured out, especially in the beginning, is to talk to somebody who's learned the hard way this is something I appreciate about the three of you guys. You've learned the hard way. You've, you, I've, I've walked into your uh, offices and seen in your gym bags like 19 different powders. And maybe this is what, how we'll dial all this in. I've seen you guys go through these phases where you're like, all right, we got this figured out. And, and the results are there. You walk in and you, see, you guys, see the physique. You see what you're able to do in the gym. You're like, okay, I can trust this person, right? They're not just out to make a buck. And we should say this also, the cost-to-benefit ratio, it's crazy. I mean, it is crazy. Food, food is medicine. It is, yeah, and
2: yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't if you don't take your medicine now, you're going to be paying a whole lot of money down the road on on, on medicine. Um, and so, you know, you have
0: to take control of your health, and that starts with what you eat. Yeah, and here's here's my goal is uh, the the current uh, pant size that I'm in. I'd like to stay there, but not because I'm just pushing them further and further down under my belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. like a very American strategy. Yeah, no, no, I'm still in the 34. You know? it's like, uh, so, all right. So, here's a, kind of the last piece of information I think people listening would need. How do they get in touch with you guys? Say, all right, I'm ready. I want to do this. Let's start today. How do they find you guys? What's the best way to get involved with this program? You can
2: reach out to us on any social media, shoot us a DM, go to our website, um, look Caleb up on. On Instagram, you look me up on Instagram, um,
0: just anywhere, anywhere you see a coyote, <laughs> just just let yeah. them know. Which, by the way, the Facebook response time is pretty impressive. You know, it's like seconds, I think, is what it's listing. So that's actually a good place to reach out because we're constantly. Uh, putting information out there and then your personal accounts as well. But Coyote is very easy to find uh, the website also through uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. So once they reach out, they'll get a personal contact from one of the coaches that's involved with this and, and then they can go from there.
2: Yeah, pretty much how it'll work is you'll, um, when you start, you'll set up a initial consultation uh, with Caleb and then kind of figure out where you want to go. And then you'll be getting like weekly check-ins and, um, Indefinitely, right, Caleb?
1: Yeah. So we'll do we'll do a monthly meeting. We can do that uh, online if we need to. We can do that in person. But we, uh, you know, ideally, we want you guys to have the freedom to be able to meet from anywhere. If you need to close the door in your office and set up a Zoom meeting, uh, you can do it from your office. You can do it from home, uh, wherever you need to. We can uh, we can set up, so we'll do monthly meetings, and then as we set goals, again, with nutrition, it's not quite something where you know you try something for two days and you know if it's working or not. It takes a little bit of time, so uh, so we meet once a month, and then we do weekly check-ins as we set, again, tangible goals that we're able to, to meet uh, and get some momentum with doing things instead of just giving you everything at once and saying, hey, let's try this for 12 months. It's, hey, we're going to try this for a month, and we're going to get the ball rolling because you're feeling confident because you accomplish this task yep. so we set achievable goals for you every step of the way and then as we progress all of a sudden you realize six months later you know Christmas is over and spring's coming around and you have six months of doing something achieving it and and there's no telling where people are going to be in six months it just takes that that you know that step early on that mm. initial step to say hey I'm going to commit financially to this uh, and commit your time so
0: Well, guys, I can't wait. I can't wait to see uh, what this does for folks that are are in our current culture that may be frustrated with how their fitness journey is going, and and to see see some joy either come back or show up for the first time. That's that's awesome to be able to watch. So I'm excited for that. All right, it's time for our favorite uh, segment of the Coyote Fitness podcast, and that is
1: outside the box.
0: You know what? We found out earlier yeah. today. Fun fact. Fun fact. Courtesy of sixth grade honor choir. That's right. Yeah. Hunter Owen, not only can he hit a home run, but he can also apparently <laughs> be in an honors choir, you know, which is pretty impressive. Did you try out for that? Yeah, you had to try out that. Talk Unbelievable. about I remember
2: uh, sitting outside the room listening to the guy before me sing before I went in there. I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. But when I, I don't remember any of it. I think I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everybody did honor choir because you got to go on a trip every year. And uh, we got to go to Atlanta and go
0: to Six Flags, go to a Braves game. So I don't remember any of it. I think I blacked out. <laughs> there's, there's a phrase that I haven't heard from Hunter in quite a long time. So, All right, so one of our favorite topics, and we've got to make some commitments here. We are not going to have the debate about professional college that paid, not paid. We're staying away from that. But we are going to dive into the NFL topic once again, but with just a little bit different stripe. Uh, so let's just roll through. We're going to roll through these questions here. Um, but we'll take some time to answer them in a second. So final, final four playoff teams and Super Bowl champs. We're making some predictions there, right? Uh, then we get into a little bit more personal part. If you had to try out for an NFL roster, what position would you, would you try? And then we have the caveat there, you can't be on special teams. <laughs> right okay so Sorry, that's, Kale. that's part of it and then uh favorite player of all time and i think we're also putting brett Favre off the table right there right so we gotta sure. we gotta choose, <laughs> choose somebody else i know that breaks your heart chris you mean jesus yeah that's right that's we're gonna we're gonna take that answer off the table so final four playoff teams uh, which i guess would mean final three because everybody's gonna say the patriots will be there and then who's actually going to win the super bowl that's what we're going to try to figure out so let's start there because i think there's going to be a lot of debate around this question all right. Who Clearly, yeah. the debate is debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just waiting for someone. I'll to go first. Um, go ahead and say it. Tampa Bay. I know where you're headed. Uh, no, <laughs> the bottom four uh,
2: playoff uh, non-playoff teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my my four teams I think are going to make the uh, the playoffs. It's the AFC is tough to me, uh, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna say that I, I think this is the year that the Patriots don't make it to the NFC, uh, AFC Championship game. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be the Chiefs. Because? Um, because the Chiefs and the Browns. That's why. Because the Chiefs? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, you know, I think the Chiefs are – they're definitely an up-and-coming team. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is uh, – I mean, he's just a freak. He's unbelievable. And then you got to say, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, I'm excited to watch them this year. They have so much talent on that team. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, he just seems like he's a winner to me. And uh, uh, I th- they – I really think they got a chance to have a deep run this year. I think they're going to be a Cinderella story. Um, I mean, everybody's talking about them, you know, but I still think they're going to be really good. And, you know, the Patriots, you know, they, they, they seem to find a way every year, but I think this is just the, the down year. You know, Gronk's not there anymore. Um, you know, Tom Brady's another year older. Uh, is he really, though?
1: <laughs> Does he ever yeah. get another year older? <laughs>
2: I, I, ju- I just got a feeling that this is the year that they don't make it. So those are my two uh, AFC teams. Uh, NFC, I think, is a repeat from last year. It's the Saints and the uh, and the Rams. I, I don't really see any other team that um, has made the significant uh, changes to their roster to to catch up with them, too. They were by far the two best teams in the NFC last year. So I think they'll be that way this year. Uh, Super Bowl champ, I'm going with the Saints. I think this is their year. I think you know, I really—they were the better team in the NFC last year. They should have made it to the Super Bowl, and I think they would have won if they would have made it. Um, All came down to a call, didn't it? Well, it shouldn't have come down to that. It, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> it shouldn't have come down to the subject. call. It's, yeah, so, it's yeah. only been I'm eight blam- months. I'm not blaming game. the refs for that. Uh, I mean, obviously it was a terrible call. They should have won that game either, but they should have won the game without the call. Uh, but I think the Saints are the are the most talented team in the NFL this year. I think they're the most well-rounded team. Um, I think this is their year, so I'm calling the Saints Super Bowl champs against the uh, uh, Chiefs. That's what I'm calling Saints Chiefs in uh, the Super Bowl. Saints win. Well,
3: for uh, for my top four, I don't have the Patriots in there either. I've got in the AFC Championship, I've got the the Chiefs and the Chargers, just because. I mean, I, I it would not surprise me if Cleveland ended up in there. I'm just I'm not ready to go there with uh, with those guys just yet. Doesn't mean I don't think they're going to be good. I'm just not going to. Uh, throw that kind of prediction out there with them, but uh, in the uh, NFC, I've actually th- this is where the the homer side is coming out on me. I've got the Saints and the Cowboys with the Saints winning the uh, with the Saints the winning the uh, the NFC Championship and the Saints winning the Super Bowl over the Chiefs. Okay, wow. for for basically, I mean, the Cowboys
1: don't need a running back. Huh? You know, I mean, there's no, there's no need for a running back. it will be there. fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> um, all right, so. I put a lot of thought into this. I can tell,
0: man. You're like scribbling out. You're, it's I mean, crazy, there is, the percentages of there is so
1: much thought that's gone into this. <laughs> yeah. um, once you said no special teams, I was out. <laughs> You're yeah, just protesting even, yeah, all outside yeah. the box. Yeah, I don't watch anything. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've been, you know, in, in watching. Dan Patrick's my go-to guy for sports uh, these days. I usually listen to them in the morning. And they've been – they're really high on the Chiefs this year. Um, And then I don't think the Browns are going to – I just think it's going to take them a year. So Chargers – Dan Patrick's been talking about the Chargers for two years. And so I'm going to trust them on this one. So Chargers, uh, Chiefs for the AFC, uh, NFC, definitely have to go with the Saints, families from New Orleans. um, You know, not a diehard Saints fan, but had to be a Saints fan all my life, you know, even in the early years when it was pretty rough. So uh, so I'm going Saints. I think the Rams will be back. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the Saints have it this year. So once we get uh, to the playoffs, I got to go Saints. No doubt. All right, well, I
0: mean, I think all oh, that's, I don't know, it seems pretty safe. Here's my problem is it's hard for me to bet against the Patriots until they lose, <laughs> you very, know? Sure. Yeah, it's very hard, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, OK, every year I'm like, oh, this is going to be the year. And, and also, here's something that's been showing up a lot lately in the NFL. As you get deeper into the season and injuries happen, you have a couple of key injuries in a team that right now is like, oh, they're a shoe in. You just – you mess up the chemistry, and now we got big, big problems. You know, so I don't know. I think I, – as far as the playoffs and how all that's concerned, I'm not really sure. But I would say it would be really cool to see the Patriots and the Saints battle it out. And then I think once you get to that point, you do have this uh, – thing that's been happening with the Patriots, with the injuries and stuff, it would be cool to see the Saints beat the Patriots and have that be the Super Bowl. But as far as how they get there, I'm not informed enough to be able to make a wise decision there. I'm just saying, until the Patriots do something other than what they've always done, and that's find a way to win, I just can't bet against them.
2: They're it's gonna take a, a superhuman performance. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the man to do it.
0: Knock them out. All right, I'm okay. calling it. Okay. Uh all right, so let's, this is this a little bit more interesting question here. So trying trying out for the NFL. Let's just talk about the comedy of this question anyway. Uh but the real idea is what what position you would want to play in the NFL. Is that this is the the root of the question I, if, here?
3: I, if you had to uh like if you had to go try out for a team, you know, and you can't be you can't be a kicker, punter, long snapper, holder. Anything like that. It's got to be one okay. of the 11 positions uh, or one of the 11 positions on offense or defense. Which one are you going to go t- or try out for that you feel like would give you the best chance of making the team?
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm going to go last on this one. I, I want to hear the other answers first. Uh, I just k- picture Caleb,
2: like oh, the little kid in
0: Little Giants with the glasses
2: on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what water, Caleb look like water going Water boy, out. maybe? Yeah. Uh, I could be the
1: guy that runs out and grabs the tee after the kicker kicks <laughs> it. Oh, yeah, that's probably I mean, a position, right? Yeah, yeah, that's probably open Look, the, l- the little
3: kid with the Wendy's jersey on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a
1: bib so I don't yeah. get crushed on the return.
2: The only thing I would try out for is quarterback. That's the only position I would play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't play any other position. I would, retire I would play before quarterback
1: playing during spring training with the red jersey on. That's about it. <laughs> it's like the stunt double. No, no, I'm no not the No, you can't touch. Oh, you You're can't. You're going to get chewed out if you touch it. Oh, okay.
2: Caleb okay. okay. oh,
0: wearing a red jersey to, to the game.
2: Hey, man, you can't touch me, man. Come on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right, so Caleb is like, pass. Caleb is like, oh, there's
1: no option. Yeah, there's. I can't even fathom it. Why, why would you do such a thing? Uh, I have no hands. So you know, it's a hypothetical. It's a desert yeah, island thing. I if can, you had to. I feel like I can catch, you know, if I have a glove on, baseball, I could catch pretty well. Basketball, you know, pretty good at catching that. I can't catch a football to save my life. So receiver's out. Defense is just hitting the goal is to try to hit someone and to tackle someone i try to avoid that mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay. so okay. all the whole defensive side of the ball is out built like a kicker um yeah just but not I, good I'm, at that default. either yeah <laughs> well
0: you couldn't do that either i don't know man maybe you could be taught to catch a football better than you can catch it right now it just right? takes some time yeah, yeah i i could see you as one of those guys it's like uh third and three situation. We're just trying to get a quick pass outside. Just quick slant. Just, yeah, just quick catch slant, it with the like, body. Yeah, it
1: doesn't Maybe. have to be pretty. Cale, Cale the be body catch. Yeah, oh yeah. Caleb would I check in at
0: quarterback and then
2: roll out to the far left and set up yeah. as a wide receiver to throw the defense <laughs> off. And then Direct as soon as that. they snap
3: the ball, r- jump off into the sideline yeah. so he doesn't have to hit anybody. Yeah. Who, uh, who was it with the, uh, with the Dolphins' uh, uh, last year they got in the Wildcat and he just stood out at the wide receiver with his hands on his hips. The guy that <laughs> played, the, the guy he used to play quarterback for Vanderbilt and the yeah, Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler. <laughs> Everything he does is just like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your quarterback, you're
0: yeah. uh, nothing. Third, third and short, whatever that is. We'll teach you to be a
3: receiver. What about you, Chris? I actually put safety. Whoa! Just last, very, very last line of defense. All I've got to do is stay as deep as the deepest guy. Even if that (laughs) means if I got to line up 30 30 yards deep, the uh, the impacts at safety are usually pretty minimal, unless you unless you try to just go down and force an impact yourself. Figure maybe too you play uh, you play that nickel position you kind of play you kind of play in the slot where you just I'm gonna just stand at the line of scrimmage and <laughs> hopefully nobody comes my way yeah it's yeah. a safe option right yeah. there yeah. I can see Chris as like a Julian Edelman type slot guy oh, I just, don't like to get hit like that yeah. though. Mm. but they
2: don't either they they catch yeah. the ball
0: and dive on the ground yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like just get get us to that first down so here's an interesting question for me because I grew up a 220 pound lineman <laughs> so that's the only thing I. I know how to do it. and I wasn't really that great at it. Uh so I think I would be I would wanna be the guy that's brought in in certain situations that would be on the line that's just got the block that comes out of nowhere. So the offense is really distracting the defense. The guy's looking the other way, thinking something's <laughs> gonna go down, and I'm the cheap shot guy. So that's what sort I of, so O line is your well, I don't care where they put me. I just – it's my job Chomp to run across. Yes. yes. I would catch a guy off guard, and then once he got really pissed that that happened, I'm not in anymore. Yeah. It's like, hey, one-time show guy. I mean, I get cheap shot, and then I'm back off the field. That's that's all i do. Ben, so. were you one of those guys on, on the list of 40 times that just had a dash by it? Yeah, that was it. That was <laughs> Complete. it. Complete. Yeah. 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 Finished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no picture. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Uh, the, my 40 time was uh, like a week, I think. So – yeah, that would be my position. I would want to I would want to uh, try to do something for the team, but then not have to pay the repercussions. That'd be the idea. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on to favorite player. This is going to be pretty pretty crazy because you got a lot of people to pick from because uh, you could go back. You've got footage on players, but I don't know. I'm interested to see how this question plays out. Favorite NFL player, if I read the question correctly, of all time, correct? Of all time, of yeah. all time. All pretty right. pretty simple. One one guy. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: All right, let's your start favorite, with you. your
3: favorite player to watch. All right, let's start with you, Chris. Mike Allstott was my boy when he was playing with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So it was like the, those last couple of years that uh, that Dungy was in Tampa right before Gruden got there. If the if the Buccaneers were on, I was watching because Mike Allstott was the man.
0: Very particular, very, particular. I mean, he,
1: yeah, he was prepared for that question.
3: Yeah, he
0: was, yeah, like. Concise, you know. Did you have a poster or anything like that? Like I, didn't that?
1: I, I wasn't a
3: poster guy. Never yeah. was a poster it shows guy.
0: Shows how old I am. Uh, all right, Hunter, you got a guy favorite guy.
3: Um,
2: growing up, I, I always watched the Saints, and so I've been through a lot of very down years. So I'm, I'm seeing some there connections. Was a, that,
1: wasn't a great player. You went yet. through a lot
2: of therapy, didn't you? <laughs> I just I watched a lot of games. I, I still remember. <laughs> Listening to the Saints. So my, I went seen hunting. some stuff,
0: I've yeah. <laughs> seen a lot of things, <laughs> man. <laughs> sound like a guy from NOM. PTSD. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I've watched so, a lot of games. So you want the, to hear about the '90 Saints, huh? <laughs>
2: the moment that sticks out to me, the Saints, like when I was a kid, they you had like some seasons where they were <laughs> Close the door. good but not quite good enough to make the playoffs, and the moment that sticks out in my head was when uh, I went hunting with my dad and my brother, and we used to listen to the Saints games on the radio when we were going to the, or coming back from the hunting camp. And it was the last game of the year; they had to win, and then I think like the Bucks or somebody had to lose for them to make the playoffs. And they're down, um, down. Last play of the game, uh, they're down by seven. They have this miracle, like lateral play, like four or five laterals. Like the, they go down, and score a touchdown. Like as time expires, the announcers are going crazy. And then John Carney missed the extra point, and they lost. And the season was over. And I just remember the announcers going, "How could he do that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean that just sums up what it was like to be a Saints fan growing up. So poor John Carney. Uh, yeah, he's probably going to his job at Best Buy today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. I know you're. I know you're a de- devoted listener, but. <laughs> So I'm I'm just gonna say Drew Brees just because he's he I mean he turned around
0: the franchise and he's he gave us a Super Bowl and he gave us a lot to cheer for um, over the years. So so you got a lot riding on this season here, hoping that the Saints are going to pull it off. And I mean they they've already won a Super Bowl in my lifetime, which I never thought I would see. So you we're know, playing with house
2: money at this point, but I'd love to see him make it back again. There you go.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's funny because Hunter and I both you know him being from here we I grew up in – was in Georgia, but my dad was from New Orleans. My grandparents were there. That's where we did our vacations. I mean, we were we were there a lot. The, the grandparents have a lot invested in the Saints. Saints are everywhere in the house. And so grew up with that. But being in Georgia, I mean, everyone's Falcons fans, and so you don't have a lot of that. So we followed them as well, kind of to our disappointment um, a lot of times. I think for me, growing up, I think about watching Sports Center, the the classic Sports Center days, and Randy Moss. You know, kind of towards the end of that, but Randy Moss was kind of like the the guy, like the Tiger. I just remember that that period of time, the early 2000s, watching Randy Moss. It was like it was it was one thing as a as a kicker, not a huge football guy, mm. watching Randy Moss. It was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I remember really it like it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the highlights on Sports Center, it was like, every, how can you continue to do to be that special all the time? So he was that guy, but uh, seriously, because I see what uh, you know with the with the Saints, what they mean to my family, and you know how much they love watching the Saints. Drew Brees is like, I mean, he is. Breezes. He is football for for folks in New Orleans. Yeah. He's he's everything they know about football. It's like the um, town and hero. And his character, yeah. And you yeah. hear, I mean, a, a genuine guy behind the scenes, and everyone says that about their favorite player. But he's one of those guys, like a lot of NFL players, that really takes their city seriously, and so it's hard not to, with the personal connection there, to also be a Breeze fan.
0: Makes sense. I get it. So I'm about to show my age here, but I actually remember watching Elway and Montana and like that era of football, and it, it it was a time in my life where I'm a kid and I don't I'm I don't have it all complicated about money and business and pro sports and all that. I'm just watching a game and watching Montana and Rice. I mean. It was crazy, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think if you go back and some of the catches are going to hold up, but other stuff, you're like, well, you know, guys these days are doing some really, really nuts, nutso things. But uh, at that time, it just it looked um, a little bit like you you mentioned Tiger Woods. It looked a little bit superhuman, the things Mm -hmm. that they were able to do. So I think I'm going to go back and say Montana for me. Uh, of course, the quarterback position is easy, easy to pick because those guys are get you know, mm-hmm. every play they're visible. Um, but, you know, a little bit I got a, I was fighting a little bit of the Peyton Manning there because that's also very personal because I just started watching him early uh, because of some personal connections there. And then we've talked a lot about how he's, you know, changed the way the game was played and all that. But when it just comes down to, like, entertainment, enjoying. Could I look at one of those classic games and watch Joe Montana – Play quarterback for for again, especially a Super Bowl. I'm gonna sit there mm-hmm. and I'm gonna stop and watch that game it's like something cool is gonna happen here.
2: When I was very young, when I first started watching NFL, is when the Cowboys were really good and Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, and uh, those guys just rolled for a few years. You there. leave
0: Dion out of that. Come on.
2: He was he was on there for a little bit, but he wasn't original. You know, yeah. it, he wasn't the original guy. He was with the Falcons first. Uh, but <laughs> I remember I was. Man, I was probably like eight years old, and I was at my buddy's house, and we were watching game, and I was pulling for the Cowboys, and he was pulling for the Redskins. And the, the Cowboys were winning like 56 to 10 or something, <laughs> like just murdering them. And it was like the fourth quarter, and my buddy was like, man, if we just had a timeout, we could get back in this game. <laughs> and I was, I was like thinking to myself like, how is a timeout going to help them score 40 points? Like, I just don't, like, am, am I not, am I misunderstanding something to, about I this game? Do not know this game very well? Yeah, <laughs> Like, how is, what's a timeout going to do for him? But he was convinced that if they had a timeout left that they could get back in the game.
0: It's crazy in how invested we get in these uh, these guys as athletes and learn about their backstory a little bit. I mean, it is it's kind of a fun part of being able to watch sports just to see these guys, like we talk about all the time, that are just incredible, incredible athletes. I mean, some of the top in the world. And to watch them perform over over a long season, that's a pretty difficult season, especially these days. So, yeah. So, so you guys have a chance. Uh, you know, my favorite is not playing any longer, but you guys have a chance. I'm kind of rooting for you. I'm rooting for Breeze now. Yeah. Um, well, not, you know, when you're a
2: kid, like the the professional athletes, they're like almost gods to you. You know, mm-hmm. like they're like not even human. They're like somebody you just watch. Like I I used to watch Sports Center. Like they would play the same Sports Center over and over and over again, and I would get up on. On Saturday morning, and watched like four in a row. And so, these I was just watching these guys, and they were like almost superhuman, not even real people. And then when you get older, you're like, you know, these are just real people, too. And so, you pull yeah. for them. But those guys that you pull for as a young kid, they always, you know, have a special place in your heart. How much longer does Breeze have, you think? I
1: don't know, man. He's, he He's, still looks pretty good. I mean, people forget just what. I think last year they got they got in a the point where they were controlling the game a lot more, where he wasn't having to do quite as much. Like they talk about in college football, a lot of the Heisman Trophy, it's like, you know, Tua winning the Heisman is going to be really tough because he's going to play the first half of most of their mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the NFL is a little bit different, but I think the things Breeze was doing from a completion percentage standpoint last year, it was like... That's almost not human. Like there are yeah, some times yeah. where he was he was throwing passes that were getting dropped, where his completion percentage would have been in the low eighties. Well, and I mean he's and he's he's not tall. He's not one of those just six five, you know, Trevor Lawrence type, height, Peyton Manning type yeah. guys. He's yeah, back yeah. there just. He looks like your dad's out there just you know yeah. slinging it. I'm serious. It's like it's like he is the ultimate dad just out there dominating among these just. Yeah. Just incredibly I mean, he's just a normal dude. And, and that's what I think we, we appreciate about. He the and Tom
2: Brady both have figured out like reading the defense, finding to check down and making the easy throw and keeping the keeping the ball moving. Um, I don't know if you have guys seen those videos of the guy talking about Tom Brady, and he's replaying his games, and he's like, Tom Brady, he's seen this, but this is the best pass I've ever seen. It's like a two yard pass downfield. He's like, best arm ever, best quarterback ever, and he like breaks down every game, and he's just talking about, and like he's just making all these really simple throws, but they've got it figured out to where, you know, they don't, they're not doing a whole lot athletically. They they're reading the defense and doing it all with their mind. But the the Saints got Teddy Bridgewater in the. In the in the wings, and he's a really good quarterback. And I think whenever he does take over, he's going to be really good if they keep him.
3: You but, think he's the heir apparent, not Taysom Hill?
2: I think Teddy Bridgewater is. I think that's why they traded for him. I think Taysom Hill, I mean, he's one of those that can do everything, and he's a he's he's a a you know he's a good quarterback. But I think, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's a special talent, too, so um, we'll see.
1: Yeah, Taysom's more like, he's going to give you a lot of energy just because he's a novelty. You know, like he's just this crazy, it's like whenever he does something, the same thing, it's like, oh, it's so cool that he's able to do so many different things and he just gives a spark to, he gives a spark to the team that few of the guys can, so.
0: Got a little man crush there going on.
1: And he's a... It's pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> yeah. Cool to watch. It's cool.
0: Yeah. I it. Cool dude. All right. We got to drive towards the end of this episode here, gentlemen. So we move to our uh, portion here. We talk about recommends, things that we are experiencing, appreciating, and we think will help our listening audience. Hunter, you usually take the lead here. You got some recommends for us?
2: Yeah. I got. Uh, watched a uh, Netflix documentary called West Side versus the World. I don't know if you've got yeah, seen, I've seen that. It. I watched that too. It was really good. Uh, so I got, you know, when I started doing a lot of deep diving into programming and strength training, You know, one of the first ones you hear about is Westside Barbell and Louis Simmons. And, I, you know, we followed his program for a while. We have bands and chains and all that stuff at the gym. Uh, We made a lot of really big strength gains between that and eating six donuts every night. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was, you know, you you hear all these stories, and he's almost like this mythological figure because everybody has got a different story about him, and he's trained so many uh, world record holders. Uh, but it was just fascinating. I mean, it's just a story of him and how he started his gym and all the people who have come through it and what they do. And man, those guys are just absolutely nuts. They are absolute insane. Like guys sleeping in their car for months at a time to train there and I mean, just juice to the gills. I mean, and, dude, and, and, dudes yeah, got I mean,
1: beat up for sitting on the wrong bench. Yeah, they would go in. Yeah. Like, yeah. L- yeah. Beat, beat like them. literally beat yeah. them up for going and benching on their bench. Uh, there's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I would also recommend that. But it
2: was great. Yeah. Hour, hour and a half. I mean, you're just into it the whole time. It was a really good documentary on Netflix. So going with the show, huh? No books. Yuck.
0: Look at you branching out. I mean, I can always bring books in, but I'm just trying to keep everybody <laughs> else engaged. Yeah, know? that's right. We <laughs> poor guilt and shame on there. So, uh, here's something, uh, I, I've been doing lately as far as Netflix is concerned. I'm going back and started cheers at the beginning <laughs> and like, man, this show is pretty funny. And uh, now I got my wife watching. You guys watching? any Cheers,
1: Cheers, yeah, Joe Montana. Old, old <laughs> <and> old <laughs> old wow. Back in the day, sensing a trend here. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you have to adjust your
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I I had forgotten about those early seasons. Um, just kind of where that show started. And Sam Malone, man, what a character! Come on, you know. So it's uh, it's mindless television, but it's something. I'm one of those guys that if I'm going to watch something intense. I need to do that like on a weekend. During the yeah. week, I need something at the end of the day. It's just like I can accidentally laugh at this and fall asleep in the middle. That's exactly what Cheers is doing for me right That's now. That's like
2: the office, a of
0: modern office. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting or, to see, you know, looking at that show, like, man, I can see other shows after this were picking up on some of this sort of comedy, which is which is pretty cool. And also, I mean, who doesn't know the theme song to Cheers? Everybody. It's crazy. <laughs> Actually, people in the, raising hands Wait, in this theater. Make your Oh, my gosh. Never no, mind. Somewhere never. You, gotta go, where <laughs> oh you got to go
2: where everybody knows your Got down name. this choir. Right?
1: <laughs> Please, this this. This <laughs> honor. Never going <laughs> to hear the to this guy. <laughs> now, right, right.
0: So, as always, we'll wrap up the episode by saying, hey, if you're enjoying this content, which pff, obviously you are, take some time to share this with some people. And also, if you're on the fence about taking a step into this nutrition realm, don't delay Take the time to do that as soon as you get finished listening to this episode. You will not regret it, and we will see you next time.